to the Umphrey Parents Podcast, episode 039. You're seen to chat about life, family, and of course, Umphrey's McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak, writer, journalist, author, first solo female podcast host in the jam music scene, mom of three, wife, and total Umphrey. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the pod. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured a recap of the amazing three-night run in Brooklyn, New York, February 14th, 15th, and 16th. If you did not, there is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen. This week's episode will feature a review of the recent three-night run for the band, February 21st in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and February 22nd and 23rd in Detroit, Michigan. I will be doing my usual recap, but I'm also happy to have my amazing editor, Eric, on for a little bit to chat about these shows. He was at all three nights and had an absolutely out-of-this-world time, so I wanted to have him on so he could share his highlights from this run. I'm so excited to chat with him and to talk more about these shows. They were, each of them, seriously something else. And I was only watching the live stream from Tour Gigs at Home. So I can only imagine how it was for everybody that was in attendance. You know, I know several people that were there for the run and all of them were just like, Wow. Um, Where you can listen to these shows as well as the set lists for all of them are in the show notes. And I highly suggest that you give these all a listen if you haven't already. Just absolutely amazing. I'm so excited to dig in and talk about all of this. The first night saw the band in Fort Wayne, Indiana. They have not played there since June 3rd, 2004 at Piers Entertainment Center. And if I can find that show, I will link it in the show notes. This is the first time that they have played at the Clyde Theater, renovated into a mixed-use concert hall in 2017-2018. And apparently they preserved the original art style of the building when they did the renovation. So I'm sure it's very, very cool inside. I did a little bit of research um, on the venue. I'll share all the links um, in the show notes. I'm going to be asking Eric about what he thought about this venue, especially with it being the first time that Umphreys has played there. This show, in my opinion, total Jake show And it makes sense because Fort Wayne is only about two hours from Niles, Michigan and South Bend, Indiana. No doubt lots of friends in attendance. Jake even making mention that his dad was there at one point of the evening. Hopefully with this being basically a hometown show for Jake and there being this nice new venue to play in. um, We'll see Umphrey's hitting that spot more in the coming years. I would love to certainly add this place to venues in the Midwest to check out. This show opens with It Doesn't Matter, which I've said how many times how amazing it's been to watch this song grow and expand. This version, no different. What we could get coming up next, this Jake tune has only been played so far a total of five times. Last time was at the Capitol Theater last year on October 14th. Personally for me, this is my favorite song on the It's You album, and I'm happy to see how this one is growing a little bit more and how there is a little bit more comfort when they're playing it. I would love to see this one more as the year goes on for sure. Space Funk Booty, the Alibaba's original, coming up next. Last covered this past June 29th at the House of Blues in Boston. This version features an entrance of the Gladiators by Julius Fusik. I think I said that right. And Tease. Um, I have no knowledge of that, so I'm not totally sure where it happens. But if you know that song, uh, listen for it. and Maybe tell me where it is. I would love to know. Pooh Doggy making a sly little appearance here. 
this one dangling at the end and smacking right into fills. For me, one of the highlights from this first set, I have in the past professed my love for fills over and over again, and this one is another one that I'm totally in love with. This one drops into improv only a little after three minutes in, and begins to descend on this really hopeful and inspiring jam that just continues to grow higher and higher and it just spills all over and just continues this beautiful flow. I'm all about the jam in this fills. I did throw this one on my 2019 Hall of Fame contender list mostly to come back to this jam later in the year and remember how wonderfully uplifting this is. I can say about like nine nine minutes in, the feel is this maybe becoming something in the future. Maybe I could see it, you know, morphing into eventually its own song. We'll have to wait and see on that one if it makes another appearance. They set that sweet jam right down and pick it up to skip dance almost right back into Phil's. Bayless smashing in with his bold solo, 11 and a half in, and carries this one through to the end of the tune. Switching gears and heading into glory, and we all know how beautiful this song is. This one, no exception at all. And Jake's mom mentioned in our interview back in episode 14, which I will link in the show notes if you have not listened to that or you want to listen to it again because it's really a very awesome interview. Very cool that she took the time to talk to me. Definitely give that a listen if you haven't. Anyway, in that interview, she mentions that her favorite song is Glory. So if she was in attendance, there's no doubt that that's the reason for that one on the set list. Hurt Bird Bath that I was honestly surprised to see again, having just been played Saturday in Brooklyn with that Tomorrow Never Knows inside of it. But we soon see that they use this tune again as a vehicle to transport a cover, this time going into Step and Razor by Peter Tosh, performed a total of 14 times, last played 129 shows ago on August 19th, 2017 in Nashville, Tennessee at Ascend Amphitheater. This version also features an They Love Each Other by Jerry Garcia Band Tease. Starts to creep in about 3.20 in and Jake actually plays that tune um, when he played with Alibaba's back on September 30th, 2017, and I am obsessed with that show. Obsessed. I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to that show. Like, honestly, I, I talk about that show at least twice a week, too. Like, it comes up in conversation, and I'm just like, oh, this show. Space Funk Booty, They Love Each Other, Kabump, Living on a Farm, Lenny, Soul Food One, and Two, and Dear Prudence, to name a few of the tunes played during that show. Hopefully something in there piqued your interest. No doubt that it did. If you have not listened to this, you definitely, definitely need to. I will throw a link in the show notes where you can because definitely need to listen to that Alibaba show. I love it so much. Love it so much. Anyway, that Peter Tosh cover, um, yeah, they slam it right back into the end of Hurt Bird Bath to close out this first set. And again, listen to that Alibaba show. I just love it. Now, after I talk about it, I'm going to have to listen to it today. So <laughs> definitely give it a listen. Second set opens with Miss Tinkles. This one opens up as well into a beautiful, soaring, uplifting jam after it wonderfully dances along for a little bit. Once it begins its journey about four minutes in, everything about this jam just inspires the hell out of you, filling you with just all this belief in yourself. 
I personally love these types of jams. The ones that make you go, you know what? Fuck yeah, I totally can do this. This entire jam in this Miss Tinkles is like that. They do bring it down, but keep along with that hopefulness in the jam before revving it way up and slamming it back into Miss Tinkles. Really love this version and the direction they took it. Search for coming up next. This one has not seen the light of day in over a year. The last one, 103 shows ago, January 12th, 2018 at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. I absolutely love this song. And my husband and I often talk about what songs we would like to see dusted off. And this one came up for me recently in conversation that we had after the Atlanta run. I love the power in this song and it could very well be my favorite song off the Death by Stereo album. Honestly, we see this one, you know, not very often. So I'm hoping we get it at least once more this year. You know, watching it on the webcast was awesome, but I will be honest, I would love to uh, absorb in the energy of Search For. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, Mad Love, this one also filled with a ton of inspiration throughout the entire song. My go-to song when I need a reminder of how amazing life really is. Wappy Sprayberry with Nicholas Di Virgilio. I hope I did not butcher that. On percussion, Chris mentions that he is a personal friend of his. I did not know who this was, so I did a quick Google search and found out that besides having his own progressive rock band called Spock's Beard, he also was one of the two drummers chosen to replace Bill Collins in Genesis on the Calling All Stations album. So that's pretty freaking cool. I will link all the information that I found about him in the show notes so um, you can do some research if you're interested. Bringing Nick up definitely helps bring some more of the already amazingness that's coming from Chris and Andy. Definitely a nice little addition in there. After they tear it up, the jam sinks into a reggae vibe about 10 minutes in before gaining a little more speed to head on a different path and then taking that into the ending of Wappy. Fame, originally done by Bowie and John Lennon, that is a true fact, look it up, covered a total of 14 times. Last one was February 3rd, 2018 in Kalamazoo, Michigan, followed by Gulfstream, of course, bringing all the feels with that one, and a very funky Pay the Snucka that features an eruption by Van Halen Tease to close out the second set. Encore with the, I think, a perfect encore song choice, All in Time, with this massive jam that starts about three minutes in and features a Taking Care of Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive Tease, you can hear that the guys had fun with doing this one, especially Joel, who was killing it throughout this entire jam. The band has never played a full version of Taking Care of Business, and if the tease inside of this jam is any indication, a cover of the full song may not be that far off. Heading back into the second half of All in Time and into this beautiful ending, that features a few lyrics from 10th grade, an original tune that has not seen play since September 4th, 2004 at the Barrymore Theater in Madison, Wisconsin. Maybe this preview of this song perhaps means that's going to be getting dusted off in the near future. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's pretty exciting to see if that full song is going to see the light of day again. After that jazzy tease, they go full force back into All in Time to close out this evening in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Up next for the band was a two-night run at the Fillmore in Detroit, Michigan, February 22nd and 23rd. The band has played at this venue a total of two times, including this run here. 
The first time they played at this venue was February 5th, 2011. They did not start doing two nights in Detroit until 2017 in the beginning of February, not returning in 2018, and then doing these two nights that we are about to talk about. The band has played the city of Detroit a total of 15 times, making their first appearance in the Motor City on May 18th, 2004 at St. Andrews Hall. The first night of this run opens with There's No Crying in Mexico, followed by Roulette making another surprise appearance pretty soon. And if you listened to last week's show, you know how I feel about this song and how I've been chasing this one for the past 12 years. And Happy to see it popping up again because I'm hoping that this one they'll keep in their back pocket and the possibility of me seeing this this year is growing greater and greater, keeping my hopes up. I only want one, just one roulette this summer, guys. Come on. I have noticed recently with songs that they've been playing in the VIP sets this year They're tending to make an appearance a few days later in a quote-unquote regular show. So if that's the case, that's good news for that well-wishers at the VIP set during the Detroit run, which we'll get more on that later. Utopian Fur coming up next, featuring a very quick Detroit Rock City by Kiss Tease. The full version of that tune was played on New Year's Eve this past year in Atlanta. I'll throw the link for that in the show notes. This one continues to dance along improv for quite some time. With this song coming in in about 20 minutes, the jam adventure continues on for about 11 minutes or so before revving up to skip back into Utopian. The second half of this song is always, for me, personally my favorite part. And this one is the right amount of dark and funk and reggae Just a perfect mix that works so well. This one settles down and floats around for a little bit before building it up to go into Breaker. Love this tune and love that this one is seeing more and more light. If you did not know, this song originates from quarter one of Umble 7 in Las Vegas on May 6th, 2016. I do chat about that in the episode. I can't remember the number off the top of my head when they first brought it out in Richmond this year. I'll throw that in the show notes as well. There's a little more history of Breaker in that episode if you'd like to dive into that. This tune seeing five plays now, three times just this year. So we for sure will be seeing more of this as the year goes on, and I'm very okay with that. There is so much room for this song to expand and grow and become parts of other things and sandwich in here. And there's just so much awesomeness that can happen with this song. And I'm very excited to watch that happen. This one goes on quite the adventure when it begins its journey about four minutes in. Not expanding for very long, only about three minutes before slamming back into the actual song then journeying off again after those Bayless lyrics that speak so much truth, of course. Like I said, this one is going to be a lot of fun to watch grow. And you can tell after that one that the band and everyone just enjoyed it so much. So when they get responses like that, you know it's definitely going to be sticking around. Booth Love featuring Jake on keys beginning a little after the seven minute mark where him and Joel take the reins of this jam. Bayless starting to poke his head through a little before nine and a half minutes. Continuing on this jam for the next couple of minutes. This entire jam being a personal highlight for me and interesting that they do not take this back into Booth Love at all, leaving it unfinished and not even bringing it back at any time during this weekend either, instead fluttering it into Out of Order, followed by the bottom half to close out the first set. The second set opens with the silent type. I love the direction that this jam heads when it starts to sink its heels in a little after three minutes. 
This jam, while not very long, only coming in at about four minutes before we start to hear the silent type start to creep back in. But that jam is very beautiful and romantic. Love what they have done with this song and how they've expanded it. A song that I personally feel it's good, but that it may have gotten tired after a while without them doing what they've done here. Certainly giving it some new life every single time they play it. Smell the Mitten, nod to Michigan, of course. Last time played March 17th, 2018. That was the only play of that song for 2018. This mitten goes on quite the adventure, starting about four minutes and just continues down this tunnel of improv for like the next seven minutes, just straight up rock and roll. And when it's over, you can just hear how much everyone loved the hell out of that. I love that so much. I mean, obviously, there's always cheering after songs when you're listening to the recordings, but you know that there are those songs that you listen to and the crowd after, you just feel the energy, you know, and love that. And you could totally feel it at the end of this one for sure. Bayless after even mentioning how much they love playing at the Fillmore and how much they love playing in Michigan and, you know, that energy you can feel the entire weekend. They head into Canary in a Coal Mine by the police, a song that until Umphreys covered it, I did not know that this was a part of the police's catalog. But now that I do, I've sought this out as the, you know, the original version and love that as well. And I've mentioned that before, um, you know, when they play tunes from a band I'm familiar with, but a song that I'm not. And I love that because then, you know, it expands that a whole bunch more, a different part of a band that, you know, I, I didn't expand in as much. They leave the end of this one to twinkle in the air and they slowly and seductively go into In the Kitchen. This one that begins its journey about four minutes starts out very delicate almost, just gently finding and figuring out its legs. But it doesn't take long for that to happen and it's off and running, exploring and adventuring on blossoming open and just emitting this really intense and beautiful energy. At least that's what I felt throughout this jam. They do allow this one to head back down to earth after six minutes and allow it to get into this kind of dance in place as Bela slides in with the lyrical conclusion of In the Kitchen. Just, I love that tune. Nothing too fancy. Coming up next, I am going to mention that at about the 13-minute mark, I slightly hear what may be the evolved version of that Western-style jam that we first heard in It Doesn't Matter during the Portland show at the beginning of the month. Sounds to me like Jake specifically is trying to figure out how to expand that one a little bit. And I'm going to link that in the show notes if you haven't listened to it or the episode where we talked about that little Western jam. I'll link that all in there so you can listen. They extend that one a little bit, and then they stumble around where they head back into the jam. And while this jam is just a beast, and this entire song comes in slightly over 17 minutes, it will go unfinished for now. Instead, dancing into Draconin, maybe I finally got it right, (laughs) that dives heavy into a dance party about five minutes in, continuing to dance on, stepping into those Bayless lyrics slightly before nine and a half in, and I've said it once and I'll say it again, this is a perfect example of my favorite type of Umphrey songs, this big and bold jam in the beginning, and then Bayless comes in with these inspiring and heart-wrenching lyrics that are totally taken from somebody's journal. I feel that songs like this are perfect for someone who has no knowledge of Umphrey's, just a really good representation of a part of who they are. This tune closes out the second set. 
Encore was one song, Slacker, that starts its spring into its jam only a little after two minutes in. Seeing a little YYZ tease by Stasic, peeking its head out for a little bit during the jam. Joel absolutely killing the tail end of this as they begin their way back into Slacker to close out this first night in Detroit. The Omega Moos played a late night show at the Magic Stick in Detroit after night one. The Omega Moos, if you did not know, are Brendan and Ryan, as well as Jamie Shield and Nick Blasky. There is a link in the show notes with the set list that I found, but that photo is the original set list and includes more songs than what was actually played. I do have a list of what they played, which I will share. Um, I also wanted to mention that I heard there were extended jams for all of these songs. The evening included Rebel Yell by Billy Joel, Masako Tango by The Police, hope I said that right, <laughs> Green Eyed Lady by Sugarloaf, Cars by Gary Newman, Newman, yes, Don't You Want Me, Unsure by Who That's By, Girls on Film by Duran Duran, Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart, Double Vision by Foreigner, Working for the Weekend by Loverboy, and an encore of Ladies Night by Cool and the Gang, I believe, and Talking in Your Sleep by The Romantics. I'm unsure if there is a recording of this floating around, but if I find one, I will throw it in the show notes. And any videos or anything else that I find from this show will all be in the show notes as well. Night two in Detroit included a VIP set earlier in the day, and this show is spot on with the point I made in last week's show about the banter in these VIP sets. That is one of the things that I personally enjoy so much about the sets that are offered with the package. You get that intimateness that you don't get in, you know, the quote-unquote regular shows, I guess. I don't know how to describe the difference, but, you know, we do get... We do get banter from Bayless and stuff, but it's just different when, you know, you only have 50, 75, you know, 100 people or whatever. You know, it's a, it's a much different thing. They begin the 45-minute set with Intentions Clear, featuring a fun little jam that does change toward the end of the tune as it grows more aggressive and stomps forcefully into Go to Hell. Well-wishers coming up after that last played 139 shows ago on June 22nd, 2017 at White River State Park in Indianapolis, Indiana. This is another one that was on my list when my husband and I were talking about ones we'd like to see dusted off. Another great one from the Death by Stereo album. Let's hope that we see this one at least a few more times this summer. I've never caught this one before personally, so this is now on my list of what I would like to see this year. Now, that well-wishers was awesome and very nice to hear, but this day nurse into night nurse is what personally hit home for me. I know I've mentioned this. I'm totally in love with both of these nurses and was loving the fact that we got both of them during the run in Brooklyn. Getting them in this order live would be a dream to me. Interesting though, they did not head right into Night Nurse from Day Nurse, but instead set Day Nurse down, bring it totally to the end, and then begin Night Nurse. I'm unsure if these have ever been played like this before and if they have, were they two standalone separate songs like we saw here? I don't know. If you do know the answer to this, please feel free to reach out to the show and let me know. How you can contact the show is all in the show notes. If this has happened another time, then I really, 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 really would like to hear it. And if not, this is so on my list of things that I would love to see them do them do but you know I would love for them to go from one right into the other 
this day nurse, night nurse, definitely a must listen from the VIP set. I just, like I said, I got a special place in my heart for these songs anyway, so it's hard not to be totally in love with this uh, combination here. Sociable was on the set list for this VIP set, but was crossed off. So that day nurse into night nurse is how they end that VIP set. The show later that evening opens with Dump City, one that, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty certain that it's been crossed off and carried over since the Brooklyn shows. I seriously thought that we were going to get one because I think it was on, the, if I remember correctly, it was on the set list for the first night of Brooklyn. So it's been crossed off since then and thought for sure we were going to get it in Brooklyn, but Nope, we waited until night two of Detroit. It was certainly well worth the wait to this one coming out hot right from the word go and laying the ground for exactly how this last night in Detroit was going to go. This one dives headfirst into improv a little after four minutes in and sets off running right into a dance party, a ready or not here we go jam to start off this evening. Before heading into the next song, Baelish shouts out Sanai, who is in the audience all the way from Japan, and I know he has mentioned her at other shows in the past, and Sanai, if you happen to be listening to this show or somebody listening knows how to get in touch with her, please let her know or let me know how I can get a hold of her because I would absolutely love to interview her and have her on the show. I think it would be very cool to chat with her about her umph love. So I'm putting it out there. I would love to interview you, Sinai, and chat more with you about umphries. Anyway, Bayless also mentions that she would like to hear Push and Pull, and that's exactly what they play next. Rocktopus seeing in more and more of that nether open up at the end of this one, for sure playing the most of that song live that we have seen. I mean, I was excited at home wondering if it was finally going to happen. So the anticipation for everyone else that was there, I'm sure, was just insane. But nope, the blue balls will continue as we have not yet received the full nether still waiting to be unleashed on the world. We'll see when it finally happens. A very nice DBK sandwich with no opener nestled nicely in the middle. That one last played March 17th, 2018 at the Crystal Ballroom in Portland, Oregon. The top part of this DBK sandwich really sinks its heels into improv. Five minutes in, switching gears only a few minutes later with Joel taking the lead. And then Jake coming in to move the jam down a more loving, whimsical path before busting it open with life and then letting it come down to this kind of soar along and I'm honestly hearing again a tinge of that western jam coming from Jake from that Portland it doesn't matter in there that one I have a feeling we're gonna be hearing it peppered in places as the year goes on trying to figure out exactly what to do with that this builds up into a beautiful soaring uplifting jam until 15 minutes when it stomps back into DBK. They bring this down and carry it along like drifting it into some weird dream sequence before they pivot and get very aggressive to go into that no opener that I mentioned a little bit ago. Then right back into DBK. Now, this next song was a huge highlight for me from the entire weekend, really. First, I want to say, not at all surprised by the Zeppelin cover again, and so soon. With them playing the, with Jason Bonham at Red Rocks in June, I figured we'd be getting more and more songs as they dig through what they would like to play during that set. The cover of Cashmere during the Brooklyn run was out of this world, well, they did it again with this cover of Immigrant Song with Chuck Bartles, the bass player for Sturgill Simpson replacing Ryan. Apparently, their roadie Steve Bridges knew this guy. He is a fellow Flint, Michigan resident and well-known kick-ass bass player in the area. He started playing bass for Sturgill Simpson in 2016 
And if you did not know, Jake and Ryan, I know for certain are Sturgill fans, as well as members of the crew. The guys have covered his song, Call to Arms, four times, and they have covered the Nirvana song, In Bloom. And when they did that, they have done it in the style that Sturgill covers it. So definitely some big Sturgill Simpson fans. And I will throw those in the show notes so you can listen to them too if you haven't. So there is no doubt that they want to play with Sturgill and with Chuck sitting in with them, there is, you know, it's only a matter of time until that happens now. Immigrant Song has been covered by the band a total of 31 times. The last one was 104 shows ago, May 19th, 2018 at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. This version here is... I mean, it's just ridiculous. I was not familiar with Chuck Bartles. My husband is a Sturgill Simpson fan, but I'm not really, you know, like I don't dive really deep into his music. I don't know his band members or anything. So this is the first time I've ever experienced Chuck Bartles. And that dude blew my mind. Like he is a ridiculous kick-ass bass player. And having him sit in at all, but then to have him sit in on this tune was just, Fuck yeah. Very nice choice, Britches. Very nice job. This was just absolutely amazing. If you haven't given it a listen, definitely do that 100%. I honestly thought that this is where they would end this amazing first set. But no, they slyly go into Hangover. Honestly, a quite appropriate way to end this first set. Second set opens with Dark Brush, last played October 20th, 2018 in St. Paul, Minnesota. This one has been on the set list and crossed off seriously at least since the second night of the New Year's Eve run in Atlanta. So they've been going back and forth about this one for like two months now, finally unleashing this one for the ninth time that it has seen play. A Thousand Places to See Before You Die, featuring Nick Gerlach on saxophone. This song has only been played a total of seven times, and interesting little fact, has only been played one time without saxophone or horn, there being one time it was played with trumpet and trombone, Umble 7, which featured Jen Hartswick and Natalie Cressman. The only version played without horns or anything, just the guys, was the last time this one was played, October 18th, 2018, at the Canopy Canopy Club in Urbana, Illinois. Fantastic fucking show, if you have not listened to that show. Um, I'll link that in the show notes for sure, and the podcast episode where I chatted about that, because it was killer. Um, Nick Gerlach, formula formerly of the band Cosby Sweater, then became Turbo Suit before breaking up, presented the band with an invoice for services rendered after he was done with his sit-in. Apparently, he's been planning that little gag for a while and was waiting for the right band, and Umphreys was definitely it. There was a photo of the invoice floating around on social media, and I will link it in the show notes because it's pretty funny. Attachments next that drops into improv slightly before seven and a half in, starting off down a very funky path courtesy of Ryan. This jam is just that, them playing, no grand adventure or way that this jam went, and you know what, that's totally okay. Just them generally jamming and playing around, not trying to stretch and expand it in any grand way just enjoying it. I love that they took this in that direction, a different route after that attachments for sure. And it's nice to see all the different ways that, you know, that has, you know, gone the ways that they've taken it. Picking it up for a little bit toward the end before slowing it down to dreamingly descend into Haji. Of course, all the feels when they bring that song out. The triple wide after that, that goes on this adventure after it comes out of the original song a little after three minutes. I love everything about Joel in this jam. They march this one back into the triple wide about five minutes later. And the end of this one, seeing a stairway to heaven tease, 
a Zeppelin song that they have yet to cover. And I'm going to be completely honest here. If they play this at Red Rocks with Jason Bonham, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Like, I have goosebumps just thinking about the the potential of that. And, you know, what I'm thinking still isn't as amazing as it's going to be. I will full-on ugly cry tears of joy because hearing them cover that song at Red Rocks will be nothing short of a life-changing experience. I just, ah, that would just be absolutely amazing. (laughs) Two by two, coming in to rip what was left of the roof off the Fillmore. This song that starts out so sweet and lovey grows into this monster, and then they take it down and dance it around, batting it back and forth almost, teasing everybody in a way, and then pivoting into that full-on rage ending of the tune to close out the second set. Encore was Conduit, another great tune from Death by Stereo. Them sending this one off after three minutes in, giving it a very seductive direction when it starts out, but slowly gains more confidence and energy, eventually just exploding and spilling all over before slamming back into that song. Really love that one, too. Then we see the conclusion of that Nothing Too Fancy from Night One coming out full force to close out this explosive Night Two in Detroit. And personally for me, I'm going to say that the nights of this run for me, my favorites, went Night Two of Detroit, Fort Wayne, and then Night One of Detroit. Sometimes it's super easy to pick a favorite, you know, like from a weekend. You know, sometimes you're just like, oh, absolutely, you know. And a lot of people feel that way about Night 2 of Detroit. But I feel like it was really hard to pick, you know, quote unquote, the best one from the weekend, you know, because they're all great in their own ways. But it's this was difficult. I mean, they have just been on fire and you know this weekend absolutely proved that again and it was very hard to choose which one I thought was the best um so many highlights from every single night it was just it was so great and I definitely need to get my ass to Detroit for a show apparently so yeah you definitely need to give these a a listen if you haven't because you are not going to be disappointed. All right, so let's get Eric on the line here and chat about his highlights from this amazing weekend. All right, so I'm here with my amazing editor, Eric. Um, I'm super excited to finally have you on the show. It's about damn time that we have you on talking about Umbreeze. Um, So... Before we get into everything from the Detroit shows and everything, um, I just want you to introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit more about you and what you do. Cool. Well, my name is Eric Frucci. Um, I'm 25 years old, huge music fanatic. Um, For a living, I manage a coffee shop by day and then... By night, I'm a booking agent for um, a band from the east side of the state full-time and slowly picking up some other bands along the way to do some more tours and stuff this summer, learning learning as I go from my awesome boss. Um, our company's called Purchase Productions. We represent a few different bands from Michigan, slowly starting to get some bands outside of the state, so just kind of uh, going along with that and seeing where where we can go and where we can get these bands. Um, our biggest goal with that is basically to get the local bands out of that small bubble and into the next step. So, um, so far, so far our biggest success with that is a band called Desmond Jones out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, those guys are some of the hardest working musicians I've ever met. So it's really cool to be a part of all of that. Um, Obviously, I'm a huge Humphreys McGee fan. They're one of the first bands that got me into the scene and wanting to pursue 
working in the music industry. Um, it's been a goal and dream of mine basically for the last 10 years, and I'm super pumped to start doing that. Also, uh, obviously, doing the podcast for you has been a blessing and um, been super fun, and I'm excited for you and to see this continue to grow. And you are so amazing. We've only met one time, and I got to tell the story. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited to meet you and introduce you to my husband, and I totally called you the wrong name. And still, (laughs) still to this day, I still feel guilty about it. But you are amazing. It's okay. Not phased. So. (laughs) No, I'm guilty of doing that once, once or twice in my life too. Yeah, and and I will admit, like I was completely sober at that show too. So I have zero excuse (laughs) except for maybe mom brain. I I will go with that one because I call my. So you've got a lot. You've got a lot on your plate. So I think it's it's fair. Yeah. I call my own family members by the wrong name, so you're you're in good company. It's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, um, that was cool to be able to meet you at an Umphrey show, and I hope uh, we can cross paths again sooner than later. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's, you know, that's the only downside is that it's the only time that you get to see your friends, and then there's never enough time, you know, like, to just actually like oh, be and, and be with people and that's kind of like the only downside is there's never enough time to, to see everybody so definitely yeah I honestly think that it's, it's probably like at least 30 or 40 percent of the fuel for me to want to travel with the band because I get to see a lot of great faces that I've met along the way and you know like a lot of these people have become my family over time so I, I don't skip a, a chance to go see them you know mm-hmm. well that's that's been something like when I try to explain it to people that don't understand I'm like but it's kind of like a family reunion though too like it's, yeah, it's not absolutely. just a concert it's you know seeing my friends and you know, doing all this other stuff. There's so much more to yeah. it than just that. So to try to like spin it that way so it doesn't sound like I've completely lost my mind. <laughs> like you're in a cult or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you were at the show um, in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Clyde Theater. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that place? Because this is the first time Umphreys has played there. And I know it's a newer venue, so give us some details about that. Okay. So this is um, my first time in Fort Wayne. I believe it was my entire group's first time in Fort Wayne. Um, it's actually pretty cool. I went with a group of friends, the same group of friends that I saw on Freeze for the first time with back in 09. So it was kind of a... You know, it was a smaller smaller group trip for us, and it was really cool to be able to go with those guys. Um, the Clyde Theater was, we had no expectation, really. I had, like, Googled images of it, and honestly, there wasn't even that much out there because <clears throat> it's newly renovated, so everything I found was kind of pictures of what it used to be, which is apparently a movie theater. But anyway, so um, we get to Fort Wayne, we pull up there, and... Once we get inside, I'm just like blown away with the setup of this place. I mean, obviously with it being new, everything's everything in there is brand new, so it's clean. Um, first thing I noticed was that it was powered by Sweetwater, which is you know one of the leading musical instrument companies in the Midwest. Um, so immediately I knew that like the production was going to be top notch, and it definitely was. That has to honestly be one of the best sounding live shows I've ever experienced. And I even, you know, I moved around the venue throughout the night purposefully just to see, like, because I definitely want to go back to see more shows there. That's very cool. So do you think that, you know, I mean, obviously, if, if you notice that the sound is, is is fantastic, obviously that wasn't lost on the band and the crew. Do you see Umphreys coming back to play there again in the future? Oh, absolutely. I, without a doubt, I think they. I don't see any reason why they would. Um, obviously, I don't know how their experience was with the venue staff and stuff like that. But as far as that, like as far as the staff goes, for us patrons, like it was just it was wonderful. There was no issues. Um, I don't know. Everyone was super friendly. Excited for the band to be there. 
obviously. So the band that opened Mo- Moser Woods, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all like, who who is this band? You know, we try to look up some stuff by them. Find, hardly find anything. Uh, but come to find out, the drummer of the band actually owns the Clyde Theater. And like, I read somewhere online that like his goal was to book Humphreys and to be able to open for them. So I'm sure the Clyde Theater will be trying to get Humphreys back in there. And I don't think they'll have to work very hard at that. That's really, really cool. I didn't know that. That's very awesome. He totally yeah. succeeded. And I mean, and, and the band was pretty cool too. Like, you know, for being that situation, they could have honestly been pretty bad, but it, it, it was pretty sweet. That's very cool. Very awesome. Um, okay. So we'll switch over to the shows in Detroit. Um, how many, okay. ta- how many times have you seen them in Detroit? In Detroit? Yeah. Um, Let's see. My first one was in 2011, and this might be my fourth time returning to Detroit. Um, third time doing a, a weekend run. So, like seven or eight times in Detroit now. Very nice. I guess. Yeah. So, which was your favorite night of Detroit? Of this past one? Um, definitely Saturday night. Yeah. I think, I think the playing and jamming and the improv overall was better Friday, but everything about Saturday was perfect. It was my best, one of my best friends, hundreds shows, you know, my cousin got proposed to that night. Um, I had a ton of, ton of friends from out of town were there and the set list. I think the set list on paper was better than the first night. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with night two and that one. It was just, it was literally perfect on freeze in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Can you uh, can you give me your top top five from the weekend? Top five from the weekend. Okay. Um, so we're gonna go with number five being Space Funk Booty in Fort Wayne because that was my mm-hmm. first Space Funk Booty, mm-hmm. and it was super awesome. Um, number four, I'm gonna go with All in Time because admittedly that is my favorite song to see live and they busted that one out in the encore which i thought was super dope um it's oh it's a great encore song like it's just a perfect encore yeah song. it's perfect um number three i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna kind of cheat here the out of order into the bottom half from night one of detroit both of those songs are some of my favorites and they just, whenever I hear them live, it just like brings me back to the first couple of years of me seeing the band mm-hmm. and I don't know, everything about it is just super nostalgic for me. So for the third, I'd go out of order into the bottom half from set one, night one of Detroit. Um, then number two, we're going to go with night two. This is going to be a tough one. Decide between two and three, two and one here. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say hangover for number two. Um you know, everyone we were all talking about it before the weekend. Multiple multiple people in our group wanted to hang over. We were debating when they were gonna play it and it was just it was super fun. I always love when they play that song. And then leaving leaving the weekend, I can honestly say number one for me was a thousand places to see before you die. Um yeah, I've listened to that. I've re-listened to that like three times now, and I just get the chills every single time. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, it was super cool. The first time I saw Unfreeze in Detroit, and I think it was 11, 2011 or 2012, Nick Gerlach actually opened up with this band called The Twin Cats. Um, and that was the first time I've ever seen him play saxophone, and he sat in with the band that night, and it kind of just like brought me back to that moment when he did that. And that was super cool. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I love that song. Yeah. I was at, yeah. I was at the Canopy Club show last. That was my last show before this run. Yeah. Um. So I saw it then too, and it's just kind of stuck with me ever since. And that was a killer show too. I mean, you've been. Yes, it was. You've been getting some pretty killer shows here. <laughs> yeah, we've been hitting it hard, and uh, no plans on stopping. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> when when are your next shows coming up? So I'm super torn. Um, gonna try to pull off the 23rd in Cleveland with Big Something. I'll be there. A because Big there. Something is one of my favorite bands right now. Um, oh, they're so good. They're so good. But the band I book for also has their album release show that night, so might have to uh, 
do the right thing and go support them on that one. Sure. Um, it's been a big, big event we've been planning. So other than that, no immediate plans for Humphreys. Um, we are all doing holidays this year. That is a goal, provided that it you know is happening and gets announced, which I'm sure it will. So. I'm sure uh, we'll be seeing them whenever this summer. I, I saw Joel's tweet about being excited for some of the tour plans, so I'm excited to see what they have to offer for us there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This uh, summer, I, I say this now, and you can quote me on this um, <laughs> when I buy a bunch of tickets, but the goal is to kind of save some money this summer for the holidays, but yeah. also at the same time, I have no self-control when it comes to this band. So <laughs> Until they start announcing all this stuff, and you're like, damn it, I was trying to make <laughs> yeah. money again. <laughs> yeah. Summer camp is officially off of the table, unfortunately, for me this year, and so is Red Rocks. I really... Really wish I could pull that one off, especially after that that uh that stairway tease. Mm-hmm. I got I got serious chills, and dude, that's it's all you think about. Oh, I told my husband, I'm like, because we're going to Red Rocks this year. It's our first time going. I'm like, if they play that, like, I can't. I, I'm probably just gonna cry because it's <laughs> so beautiful. It's yeah. <sighs> Yeah, oh, I can't, God. and I hope I hope they do for you, honestly. Oh, like, if there's a time for them to do it, that that's the show. So, oh, I just you know, I can't, I don't really know if they're gonna or not, but <laughs> I feel like that's one of those songs that you don't necessarily want to touch. Yeah, you know, but yeah. but if they did, you know, it would be amazing, though. So, oh, it'd be so, it'd be so, so great. They crushed immigrant song. I've, you know, I've never seen them do that either. So. Oh, I know. Uh, well, was, and I feel cool. like, too, that if there's anybody that is going to push them to do it, it's going to be Jason Bonham. He's going to be the one oh, yeah. to be like, guys, come on, let's just fucking do it. <laughs> like, like, how are we not going to do this? It's yeah. just a Led Zeppelin set. For sure. I know, that's why, I'm, that's why I just really don't know. I hope they do, though, and you're going to have a blast. Red Rocks is super awesome last year it was my first time out there can't wait to experience the whole thing it's going to be it's going to be pretty crazy because my brother-in-law is getting married like literally the day before we have to leave oh boy yeah it's pretty (laughs) it's going to be like the whole thing but it's going to be worth it i don't even care so no hey i mean yeah make it the best week ever you know it's going to be hard not to be so you're just going to Gonna be a little bit busy, but that's okay. But that's okay. That's what life is all about. Absolutely. For sure. So. But yeah, I would. Uh, I think this is probably my favorite um, Michigan run I've seen them do in quite some time. Yeah, they, this this run was definitely something else. It was hard for me to pick a favorite night out of all three. So, how would you rank the the three shows? That's tough. Mm-hmm. It's super tough. I would honestly go um, night two, then the show in Fort Wayne, and then night one of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say anything bad about night one. Um, you know, that's a hard decision to make right there. I do think night one was kind of a little overshadowed with everyone's excitement of seeing the the moves. Um, honestly, night one they played probably my least two favorite songs which is no big deal, not complaining, but that kind of already knocks it down a little bit in my book. So mm-hmm. I was just happy they got them out of the way. <laughs> Did you go to those? I'm not going to name those songs, but it doesn't matter. What? Did you go to the Moo Show? I did go to the Moose show. Yeah, how was it? Oh, my God, it was so much fun. Oh, my gosh, it was so great. <laughs> Other than the fact that it took, like, an, like the line to get in was absurd and scary. It was awful. But once, once everyone got in, um, it was just a nonstop dance party. And everyone is excited. So you see Bayless just, you know, finish off his, his bottle of wine, big smile on his face. You know, it's about to be a party. For sure. For sure. I need to see a new show. I haven't seen one yet. I need to, I need to make that happen. Yeah, that was, that was something else for sure. Awesome. Definitely would recommend. Now I just need to knock off a Doom Flamingo show next. I've never seen them either. I, they were playing the last night of the Brooklyn run, but my husband had to fly out the next morning to go to Orlando for a work trip. 
So we had to, yeah, we had to leave Brooklyn like yeah. literally right after the show. So yeah, yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> we don't mess around around here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's dedication for even being there. You know, way to do it. We we have to do it though. No, absolutely. Yeah, next time they come to Michigan, you should uh, figure out a way to come out and For vice sure. versa. After <laughs> after these shows, that's that's what I said to my husband. I'm like, we need to go to Detroit next year. Like, that's happening now. So <laughs> start planning yeah. it out because we're going. I definitely am not going to be missing it. That's for sure. <laughs> awesome. well, but yeah. That's everything that I have. Is there anything you uh, wanted to add or plug or anything like that? Um, not really. Uh, you know, obviously, I'll just replug. Um, Purchase Productions, company I work for. Check out some cool local Michigan bands Desmond Jones, Chirp. Um, yeah. It's a, we got a cool thing going in Michigan, a lot of cool local music. Um, a lot of it's. A lot of it is influenced by the jam scene and everything that that encompasses. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for the plugging. I want to, you know, thank you for letting me be on the show. It's been fun working with you. It's been cool to see you progress here. And I can say that I've been on the same podcast as Joel Cummins. So that's pretty, <laughs> pretty rad now. Uh, super excited for part two of that one, by the way. Yes. So we gotta get We're that excited one to talk to him again. And you, dude, are I I'm so grateful for you. Seriously, every single day I say it. I I'm just I'm oh, grateful man. for you and, and to have you on this team and seriously alongside me since the very beginning when I didn't Yeah. No well, I remember reading your post and I was like, you know, this is a good opportunity. It's something I need to do for me also, you know, get get some more work and just some more experience so i'm happy to do it um i'm grateful for sure that you continue to let me do this and you know i know i got a lot going on in life so it really means a lot to me that you allow me to still do this with you absolutely i wouldn't i couldn't think of anybody else to do this with and i you're along for the long haul i hope so (laughs) oh absolutely i'm not going anywhere (laughs) but yeah thank you so much sarah Yes, thank you. This was, this was very awesome. Thank you so much. And before we wrap up this episode, I did want to quick mention the drum clinic that Chris did the day before the Fort Wayne show. I have a buddy that was at this, and he was nice enough to live stream it. It was over an hour, I believe, although the total running time I honestly am unaware of. He talked about all sorts of cool stuff including some of his favorite drummers in a whole bunch of different musical genres and played some really cool stuff too. If you are a member of the Umfreak Parents uh, Facebook group, there are videos of this that you can check out in there and how you can find the group is in the show notes. Joel also played a show at his parents' retirement community the night after the second night in Detroit. And he also played a solo show in Chicago on February 24th at the Tonic Room. His set included lots of improv, as well as some Miles Davis, Debussy, Radiohead, Muse, Elvis Costello, Counting Crows. Um, There was a Jessica into Orfeo, into Jessica. He also did Right Now by Van Halen, into Wizard, into Den, into Right Now, into Wizard. Just damn. (laughs) Like, I've seen some videos. Just holy shit. Um, so much other stuff besides what I listed there. Joel did tweet a photo of his set list, so I will throw that in the show notes so you can check it out. And any videos or anything that I come across from that as well, if I can share them, I'll throw them in there as well. Very cool. Definitely makes me want to check out uh, Joel's solo show now. I haven't had the chance to do that, and it's definitely uh, piqued my interest now. So... That's all I have for this episode of the pod. Anything that I referenced throughout the show can be found in the show notes, as well as the set lists for the shows discussed in this episode and where you can listen to them. I would also love for you to check out the show's website. That information is in the show notes as well. 
There's a blog on the site, advertising information, where you can find any info about upcoming meetups, and one convenient place where you can find all of the podcast episodes. Any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode you may listen to, please feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys and learning anything new about Umphreys or even podcasting. I am still new to this and learning as I grow, so always looking for some advice or guidance. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.